It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to the program today. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is Live Mike, episode 33 today. Uh, we're on a roll. It's not so bad. 33 episodes in the book so far. Uh, big show today. We're going to cover a lot of ground. We're going to start off with a brief conversation about the impeachment. Uh, then you and I are going to look back on what the governor had to say during his 11th and final State of the State address. And then I'm particularly excited to have this conversation. Uh, at about 1.20, I here in studio will welcome two county commissioners from Uinta County, Utah. You know where that is? If you get on 70 and just keep going east and then keep going and keep going for a little ways, you lose celery reception for a little bit, but you'll get there eventually. That's out to like Roosevelt and Duchesne City and Vernal. But these gentlemen are in town and they're going to talk to me about a measure they passed as commissioners on Wednesday night. And it would create uh, in Utah the first Second Amendment sanctuary county. It's a fascinating concept. We're going to break it down. Um, Essentially, it means that in Uinta County, uh, you're not beholden to the firearms regulations that uh, exist at the state or federal level. We'll see what that all means. We'll see if it's even possible. Uh, But they'll be my guests to explain it uh, later on in the program. And then uh, another conversation I'm excited about. uh, We're going to speak with Jason Porter. Do you remember him? Uh, Think back about 30 episodes. Uh, He was one of our first guests here on the program. And he is a Bureau of Land Management firefighter, a federal fireman. And he was tasked with hopping on a plane, saying goodbye to his family for 30 days, flying off uh, to Australia to aid in the efforts uh, to combat these bushfires down there. Well, he's back in town. He's going to call us. He's going to tell us how it went. uh, And he's going to celebrate being back united with his family. I'm looking forward to that conversation. So that's a quick look at what we have coming up today. Now let's jump into uh, the details. So first and foremost, a few moments here on the impeachment proceedings. Right now we are in the midst of day two where the senators who are acting as adjudicators, some call them jurors, I don't, uh, but the adjudicators in this whole deal, they are submitting questions on little cards through their respective party leadership to Chief Justice John Roberts, who then reads them aloud. Pretty simple concept. Two days of that yesterday, they spent about eight hours on that, asked 93 questions today, likely going to do just about the same. And then tomorrow, things get complicated, and we'll get into that later on. But right now, I want to focus on uh, one senator who had the ability to submit a question, Rand Paul. You know him? Uh, interesting guy, curly hair, uh, tried to run for president once. Uh, Rand Paul, via the question he asked, so let me explain the, the, the procedure again. The senators can't speak right now. The rules of these proceedings dictate that only the chief justice may vocalize the questions. Now, they originate at the hand of each of the senators. They write down on this little card. You and I uh, walked through what that card looked like yesterday. Well, the senators, they write their name down. They write down the question. They write to whom they'd like to direct that question. It is then submitted to the chief justice who reads it aloud. Now, Rand Paul made it clear that he intended to reveal the identity of this so-called whistleblower. You know, that whistleblower report uh, who initially brought up all these concerns about President Trump's conversation with the president of Ukraine? Well, Rand Paul's question contained the name, allegedly, of uh, the whistleblower. Chief Justice John Roberts 
had something to say about that. Senator from Kentucky. I have a question to present to the desk for the uh, House Manager Schiff and for the President's Council. Thank you. The presiding officer declines to read the question as submitted. What you saw there was Chief Justice Roberts, as he is entitled and empowered to do as uh, the presiding officer over these proceedings, declined to name this whistleblower. Now, Senator Rand Paul, as soon as Chief Justice Roberts said what I just played for you, uh, that he declined to read the question, uh, Senator Paul stood up and exited the floor of the Senate. He then hosted a brief little press conference where he explained some of his frustrations. And on Twitter, he shared the exact verbiage of the question that he intended to have Chief Justice Roberts. Roberts uh, read aloud. Now, here's the funny thing. I want to read it to you, but it, it does contain two names. And if I'm honest, I haven't really worked out worked it out in my mind if I'm comfortable like sharing the name of this whistleblower. I was a staffer out there in Washington for a long time, and these types are they're they're foot soldiers, you know, just working for uh, you know their boss or whatever. And so I I honestly don't know what's right. Uh, if you want to weigh in, 57500 is the Utah Community Credit Union text line. I'd love to hear your opinion on this. In an abundance of caution, what I'm going to do is I want to read, and you, well, listen, you can find this on Twitter. It's all out there. Uh, but I, I, I don't know what my role is in all this. So I want to, I do want to read to you the question exactly as phrased by Senator Rand Paul, the question he intended to have read aloud by Justice Roberts. But I'm going to skip over the name. I'm not going to read aloud uh, the name, which could be that of the uh, alleged whistleblower. So very simply, are you aware, this is the question by Rand Paul as he wrote it on the card and handed to Chief Justice Roberts, are you aware, oh and the question was directed at uh, Representative Adam Schiff, he's the lead impeachment manager and the other uh, House managers. So the prosecution, Rand Paul writes, are you aware that House Intelligence Committee staffer blank had a close relationship with blank while at the National Security Council together? Very, very simple. Uh, very simple question. Uh, and it was that which um, John Roberts uh, declined to ask. Oh, there's a second half to that question. Let me, uh, I'll finish reading it. So uh, are you aware that House Intelligence Committee staffer blank had a close relationship with blank while at the National Security Council together? And are you aware and how do you respond to reports that blank and blank may have worked together to plot impeaching the president before there were formal House impeachment proceedings? Fascinating. Uh, fascinating little piece of history. Uh, this is one of those little footnotes that uh, will be studied. Might even be a quiz question someday in the far off future. I wanted to share that with you because I thought it was fascinating. And uh, oh my gosh, how do I do this? I need to get better at managing uh, my time. I had intended to spend most of this segment talking to you about what the governor shared with us in the on the floor of the Utah House yesterday in his final State of the State uh, address. Don't worry, though. We have allotted two segments to that. So we got through the impeachment stuff. Uh, in just a moment, we're going to take a break and then when we come back i promise i'm not going to get distracted by impeachment i'm not going to get distracted by the second amendment not going to get distracted by anything we're going to dive straight into what the governor had to say um he, he had some great things. I was impressed. Uh, and I'll share them with you next. Oh, uh, Texter points out, I may have said uh, 70 gets you out to Vernal. That's not true. It's 40, of course. Uh, next up, the governor on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. 
Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.